Welcome to Courageous Leadership with Travis Yates, where leaders find the insights, advice, and encouragement they need to lead courageously. Welcome back to the show. I'm so grateful that you're spending a few minutes with us here today. And let me ask you, if you like what we are giving you on a weekly basis, please spread the message in any form or fashion that you choose. Uh, it'll hit the like button wherever you're listening. It certainly helps to get this information out there. And I have spoken about consent decrees a handful of times this year. I've written, I think, three or four articles over on Substack, travisyates.substack.com. If you can't remember how to get there, just go to travisyates.org. It will send you off to the podcast and articles and all of those things. And I got to tell you, I am really perplexed on how we, our profession is not outraged about this stuff, of what goes on. And the way I feel about it is I'm kind of like uh, the, the guy that was sitting in the church pew, and then you were asked to do something for the church, and you get behind the curtains, and you go, man, I wish I didn't know all of this, right? Like, this, is, this place isn't exactly what I thought it was. And when you dive into what consent decrees have been in the last 30 years, that's how long they've been around, it is spooky that our profession is dealing with it, but it's even scarier that our own profession and our organizations and our leaders are literally saying nothing about it. In fact, the IECP is embedded with the DLJ, getting money from the DLJ, and the DLJ uses the IECP policy languages to hit on these police departments. And it's really insane. And, and when you find out, it's nothing more than a money grab. At, at the best, it's just a money grab. At worst, it's very sinister with federal government taking over local police then, and then moving towards a more national focus on policing. And you won't find a country on the planet that is doing well when they have a national police force. There's a reason why it's local here in America, and it was set up that way from our beginning, especially with sheriff's departments. Now, I have mentioned Phoenix specifically because, in my opinion, Phoenix is the last stand. And let me tell you why we should all be outraged about this. There isn't a city that implemented a consent decree that's better off. I mean, the, I've, 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 in the articles, I've talked about it. I've, I've listed the data. Uh, New Orleans crime went up 97%. Violent crime went up 97%. And these consent decrees, of course, last years and years and years and decades. And they cost... I believe Maricopa County is at the $250 million mark right now. I mean, it's really insane. But once again, it's insane that nobody's talking about it. There are a few, Bob Scales, Danny King, but for the most part, there's not one police organization talking about it. And it's really troubling uh, because if there is one thing that is an indicator of the health of our profession, it's this that we are letting police departments fall into this. Every active consent decree was volunteered by the agency. They didn't argue it. They didn't fight it. They didn't make the DOJ show evidence. They just said, yes, take over my agency. And it gets even more sinister than that. These consent decree monitors, which are attorneys, a lot of them with Washington, D.C. and DOJ ties, 
I mean, they start off at $1 million, but I haven't found one that makes just $1 million. Most of them are much higher than that a year, okay, to, to not trap. That, I mean, in Maricopa County, they're like showing up like once every three years, right? They're not even living in the cities that they're monitoring. And they write a few reports a year, and that's about it. That's why nobody gets out of these consent decrees, by the way. There's too much money flying around. But I even looked into the request for proposals when cities are asking for consent decree monitors. Because remember, the bid system in government, you have to you have to put the bid out, open bid, people bid for it. I've actually found that in the vast majority of these, like th- there were bids that were one-third, one-fourth, one-fifth of the price. Some of them that had a, a balanced approach to this. Eric Daigle was one of them that had bid for a consent decree monitor role. An attorney, uh, he does a lot of police work as well as far as uh, teaching classes. And, of course, he's got a training series out. I think Dangle was under 400000 and then the, the bid that got it was in the millions. So, I mean, the de- and the reason this is is because as a city going into consent decree, you don't get to select a monitor. Bid system be damned, right? And we're even seeing things in Minneapolis right now, and I, I had a, a, a trainer reach out to me. They said, hey, listen, we've got a class going up in Minnesota, and these Minneapolis guys reached out, and they wanted my entire curriculum, my entire PowerPoint. And when he asked why, they said, well, we can't go to any training that's not approved by the consent decree. I mean, this is insanity, right? And this is happening. And I wanted to touch on Phoenix. And if you are a little bit confused on what consent decrees are, I hope you aren't, but maybe you are because nobody in the profession is even talking about it. We're just letting it happen. Go back and listen to my interview with Bob Scales. Uh, He was actually intimately involved with the decree up in Seattle. He's got a great company called Police Strategies. And listen to that interview. It's a it's a master's degree level approach to what these things are. And when you hear some of the things Bob says, you actually don't believe it. Things like, you know, here's here's what the DLJ will do. They'll come in, they'll investigate your department, you'll give them everything as you're volunteering, of course, because the feds don't get to just come in, right? We all volunteer for this stuff. There's a little thing called the 10th Amendment that prevents that from happening that apparently all these local departments don't understand. And at the end of this, usually a two or two or three year process, they'll say this to the politicians that make the decision. It's either a mayor or city council. They'll say, we want you to enter a consent decree. If you say yes to enter a consent decree, then we'll show you our investigative summary. In the case of Louisville, who said yes, then they got the summary and they went, wait a minute here. A lot of these cases you're talking about, we took care of. We fired the officer. We disciplined the officer. We've changed policies already. Can we see your full report with, you know, who are the experts you used? And, and the DLJ refused. In fact, one newspaper had to sue the DLJ, I believe, to get some of that information. They didn't get all of it. They got some of it. And so the DLJ is never going to be transparent, but they will obviously ask you to be transparent. Well, there's a reason why they're not transparent, because under any critique of anyone with logic, this thing is ridiculous. Okay, so first off, let's, let's tackle this in a couple of ways, and I want to get to Phoenix specifically, because it's very important for us to understand this. I know some of you are thinking, come on, Travis, can we just hear some interviews? Can we stay with me for the year? We've got some great interviews coming up. But we've ignored this far too long. I don't want to be the person talking about it, but no one else is talking about it. And we need to know what this is. I just had an agency reach out to me. Uh, the DOJ launched an investigation on them, and they didn't even know that they could say no. They thought they had to just do whatever the DOJ said. I mean, this is insane to me, right? So they bill this as a way to reform law enforcement. And 
The problem with that is they've never done that anywhere they go. Wherever they go, they've made things worse. That's not just me. That's the data. Crime skyrockets, violence skyrockets, murder skyrocket. Roland Fryer did a peer-reviewed research that shows that. Officers leave, attrition happens, and cities turn to absolute crap. And then what happens is cities can't even comply with it because they don't have enough people. Their budget tanks because they're having to spend millions on the average of $10 million a year after they front-load a bunch of money on this and it never goes away and these cities just are destroyed and the community obviously suffers. So there's no, there's no sound reason to do this because it doesn't do what it promises. And let's also take a look at how weak is your chief. If they can't change the department, they need the federal government to do it. So when you get into this, you find out that it's really just a political favor, a bunch of money stuff going on. Most cities, uh, they'll put a chief in place that welcomes the DLJ. That's for a reason. Uh, they'll get attorneys that want to welcome the DLJ, and, and there's no pushback. The DLJ needs that. The DLJ can never go into a city where anybody questions them. And that's why I'm going to get to Phoenix in a minute. Because for the first time that I have seen, well, not the first time, Alameda County told them to pound sand, and they did, right? I mean, they said, we're not doing any of this, and the DLJ ended up uh, going away. Now, I believe that's true. I'm going off memory here, but I know there's been a department or two out of all these departments that have said no, and the DLJ obviously doesn't have a case. They can't take it to federal court and prove it. So they go away or they go to federal court and they lose. And the DLJ has never won this in federal court. I know for a fact they've had to take one to a federal court and they lost. So they've never been able to go to a federal court and actually win because that's what happens when you turn them down. They have to sue you to go to federal court. And then all the evidence gets to come out and then it's seen for what it is. A complete scam. And so you have to sort of understand in what's in play before the DOJ comes to town. Because I've heard these chiefs go, well, I'm doing this or that to try to keep a DOJ out. You need to understand what's going on here. The DOJ doesn't go anywhere where there is not a favorable environment. They need people in place to usher them in because their investigation alone cannot do it. There's very little they can stand on. They, they call it a pattern and practice investigation, but the DLJ has never defined what a pattern and practice is. In the case of Phoenix, they've pulled a decade of body cameras and reports, terabytes of data and information. Are they going to find a dozen or so incidents they don't like? Probably. Oh, okay. Out of millions and millions and millions of contacts, I mean, they're going to call that a pattern and practice, but we don't know what they're going to say yet. So anyway... What was the environment in Phoenix as the DOJ is doing this investigation? Well, they hired a lawyer to assist Phoenix uh, to uh, help with the DOJ investigation. A guy that used to work for the DOJ, a guy out of Washington, D.C., all kinds of ties with the DOJ. Tried to be, he's been a consent decree monitor in the past in Washington, D.C., but that place is a lot better, right? And, of course, this is nothing more than, my opinion, he wants to be the monitor the city paid him $1 million for one year. He's just asked for another half million. And it's just insane. So it's a bunch of money flying around. Then what about your chief? Well, in the case of Phoenix, they hired the commander over the consent decree in Baltimore. Now, in a sane world, anybody in charge of Baltimore would be shunned because Baltimore is one of the worst cities on the planet. It's been going downhill very quickly. Consent decree city. But in the case of Phoenix, somebody somewhere says, hey, this is the guy that can help us with his consent decree. Well, he's not helping them get out of the consent decree. He's going to usher them in because, once again, he has ties 
to the Department of Justice because he was a commander in Baltimore. Where was he before Baltimore? That's right, Louisville, another consent decree city. I can take you to Minneapolis. Where's that chief from? That's right, New York, New Jersey, consent decree city. So this is a small little circle of people making a ton of money. And, and of course, these chiefs are doing it to be friends of the DLJ because I'm going to tell you my opinion. A lot of them are working as consultants for the DLJ now in the past. They're, they're involved in consent decree monitor teams. It's a great retirement job, but they destroy cities they go to. So that's kind of the environment in Phoenix. But something strange happened in Phoenix during this time. There's a website called SavePHX.com. I'll repeat that for you because it's really important you go there. It's the only website I know of its kind that has collected all of this consent decree information since its history and is telling the public what these things actually are. SavePHX.com. And it's pretty amazing because for the first time, the public can look and see Holy crap, this is not what we were told. Because you have to understand, if you're going to launch a consent decree and you're going to completely destroy a city, you can't tell them the truth. You've got to tell everybody this is the greatest thing ever and it's going to help your department. And it's, You can't tell them how much money it's going to cost, of course. So you have to sort of do this, you know, on the backside. And so a lot of these cities that have entered these consent decrees, that they don't find this stuff out until after the decree's been implemented. You see places like Oakland, New Orleans, all these politicians are trying to get out of the consent decree now because they know what it's done. They can't get out of it because of the people making the money. Okay. So there's a lot more I could talk about it, but just go to the website and, and browse it because it's pretty amazing stuff. So this website comes out. Their union gets pretty active uh, advising the public. They take Bob Scales up there to do some community meetings and people start thinking to themselves, what's going on here? Even the last article I read out of the local paper, even the activist groups are like, we don't want the DLJ here. Yeah, we want some things changed here, but it's pretty clear that they can't do it. Why would we have that happen? And so this is a first for the DLJ. You got to understand Phoenix is the fifth largest city in the country. The DLJ is used to going into these large cities and just taking over and then ultimately making those cities much worse. 20 out of the top 20 deadliest cities in the United States 12 of them are consent decree cities. Folks, I'm not making this up, right? That's, that's the facts. There's articles on there about that and the crime rates in these cities. So Phoenix is not in the top 20, but they will be for sure if they do a consent decree because how do I know that? Look at the past. Look at the history of it. That's what they do. But Phoenix is also in another predicament that they're 18% down on personnel, and we know from history consent decrees will splice off 15 to 20% of your personnel. People just are not going to work under those conditions. So this stuff starts happening in Phoenix during the investigation. Well, the investigation is likely complete. It's been over two years. The DOJ has been coming to town and meeting with the politicians. But Phoenix, unlike Louisville, that just takes one idiot mayor to say yes, Phoenix has a city council-run government, and they need the majority of the city council to say yes. Now, it's when I tell you, when Bob Scales says, yeah, the DLJ just comes into town and they say, sign here for a consent decree, then we'll show you what we got. I'm like, how can anybody do that? That's crazy, right? And that's exactly what they just did in Phoenix. They did it in Minneapolis. They've done it everywhere. And these cities just sign off on it. Do you understand how insane that is? It'd be like you buying a car and 
or buying a house and not reading anything, just not reading the interest rate, not reading the contract, just signing over, just signing something. It's, it's like, I can't even wrap my head around that cities are doing this. The only thing I, the only thing that's worse is I can't wrap my head around that police organizations and police leaders and chiefs are not sounding the alarm. It really makes you wonder how sick and twisted our profession is when this thing that we know destroys cities, destroys communities, kills more people. Look at Roland Fryer's research. And we just go, yeah, okay. Well, so in Phoenix, the city council has been made aware of what these consent decrees are, probably a lot because of what the union's doing and pushing the information and probably this website. And they know enough to to say this. Hey, we have no problem considering a consent decree, but we'd like to see your report. We'd like to see what you found. And the deal, and they requested the DLJ twice to do that. And the DLJ said, no, they said, we don't do that. And uh, a couple of city councilors on record going, this is preposterous. Like is, we know it's cost Maricopa County, the county around Phoenix, $250 million a little over 10 years. Why in the world would we sign something that's going to cost us this and you won't even show us the report? Because once you sign it, you're not getting out of it. Louisville's fighting that right now. They signed it. They saw the summary and they went, whoa, hold on here. And that and it's just horrendous what they wrote in that summary. But Louisville called them. They can't get out of it. It's done. And so all the politicians asked for in Phoenix was. We'd like to see the report. And the DLJ said no. It's pretty amazing, right? And in the same day they sent this letter out saying no, there was a press conference in front of the police department with a with this activist named Moppin, Reverend Moppin, who look him up. It's pretty hilarious that you know that this is the this the talking piece, and he's like, all these people are being victimized in Phoenix, and this and that, and he, I mean, it's just nuts, right? So they're trying to intimidate and put pressure on these politicians to sign off on this before seeing it. Now I don't know about you. But it makes perfect sense to me that if you're making a decision that you know historically has been a destructive decision for cities to go, can you show us what you have? I mean, there's no way a local agency could get away with that, right? I mean, we're, the, trans, the lack of transparency here is pretty telling. And here's what it tells me. They don't have anything in Phoenix. I mean, they may have some stories. I'm sure they do after 10, you know, any organization, 10 years of 10 years of information and millions and millions of contacts. I mean, there's 2 million 911 calls a year in Phoenix alone. That tells me they're probably encountering four or five or six million people a year. All of it recorded on video reports and you, you know. So we're talking millions and millions of contacts. And so do they have some stories? Of course, they probably do. But why won't you show it? If you, if you want to really say it's a pattern in practice and it's worth a consent decree, why not show it? Extremely strange. So the only reason that I can think of is it can't hold up to scrutiny and people wouldn't sign a consent decree if you showed it to them. And so I don't believe the DOJ is going to show it to them. And they're hoping that they'll just get the city council to cave. And maybe they do. But how insane would that be? With all this information out there, and like I said, it's never been out there like this before on this website, savephx.com. It's all out there. In fact, I hope it stays up forever because every city needs to see this. I mean, I'm talking, it, go, it goes into all these other cities that's done this, and it can, obviously, there's a track record of what happens after consent decrees, and it's all horrific, just horrific. Not as horrific as 
police organization is not talking about it. I can't even wrap my head around this, right? People that say they're for you, that one of the most destructive things that happens to our profession, they're just silent. Man, that's, that's crazy. So as I speak, the politicians are kind of holding their, holding their toe on the line saying, we'll be happy to look into doing this, but you need to show us what you have. The DOJ is saying no. So what happens next? And by the way, I think Phoenix is important. Because if Phoenix leads, if those politicians lead, and I don't generally give politicians credit for leading, but I got to tell you, there's the mayor, Gallego, and a few others have publicly said, we're not signing this without, without looking at this very closely. You know, they're not just bending over for the DLJ. And that takes guts because many of them are on the same political side as the politically driven DLJ right now. So that takes guts. That takes leadership. You got to give them credit where credit is due. And if they hold the line, which who knows, man, the DLJ, I mean, I don't have to tell you what they're like. I mean, look what's, look what's going on with consent decrees alone. We won't even go into some of the D.C. stuff, right? I mean, they're arresting people years after for misdemeanor trespassing in the Capitol where the video is showing them being ushered in. Oh, it's an insurrection, Travis. You need to probably watch the videos that have just been released. And somehow the January 6th committee lost a bunch of videos. I wonder why. So it's just strange, right? Now, don't, don't get me wrong. The media does take me out of context. I'm not saying what happened on January 6th was a good thing. But what I'm saying is, what would happen if any local police agency anywhere went, went and did a search warrant on your home for a misdemeanor offense from three years ago? Do you think some people in the community would be upset? Do you think the DOJ themselves would maybe visit your city and go, Why are you, what are you doing to these poor citizens? Well, of course, of course. But, you know, they, I guess they're not going to apply their standards to themselves. So off, back off my rant here. So let me get back to Phoenix. If they hold the line, the reason we need to pay attention to this, I know you think this doesn't apply to me. Well, folks, there's a lot of agencies that didn't think it was going to apply to them, and it did. The fact that we don't have this information beforehand is hurts us because if they come visiting you, you need to know this information. In fact, you don't even have to comply with their request. Most departments do. But I mean, it's cost Phoenix over $5 million in two years to just give them what they've asked for. It's insane, right? But they, they are. They're being transparent with them, although the DOJ is not being transparent back. If Phoenix toes the line and tells the DOJ, if you want a consent decree, Go to federal court and prove your case. And I, I believe the DLJ will because the DLJ cannot afford to not push this all the way in Phoenix because it would, give, it would signal to other cities, especially the larger cities, that they could do the same. So I think the DLJ will try a lot of intimidation tactics before they have to go to court because their case, if you look at all their other cases, they're so weak, they're probably not going to hold up in a federal court. And it would take a federal judge to mandate the consent decree. And the DLJ has only done this once in court, and they lost. I'm going off memory here, but it's, it's not very many, but I'm pretty sure it's just once, and they did not win that case. So the DLJ is going to try to do an awful lot before they have to go to court. And so we probably are just seeing the beginning of this, so pay attention to this. Hit that website up every once in a while because they're giving pretty regular updates on what's happening. And I think it impacts not just Phoenix, but the rest of law enforcement in America because this is a stain on law enforcement, what they do. And if you really care about your community, you want to pay attention to this because that is one thing the DOJ is successful at with consent decrees is they make communities much, much more dangerous for the community that you're serving. 
And people love when they, when they disagree with me, they love to just say, oh, Travis, is, that's just what Travis thinks. No, folks, go to the website and look. I'm not making any of this up. That's the interesting thing about data and stats is you can look at certain cities that did consent decrees before and after, and you can see what has happened in those cities. But I do know one thing. You are never taking your family on a family vacation to any consent decree city. Guaranteed. And 12 of the top, 12 of the top 20 deadliest cities are consent decree cities. So that's what they do. But if Phoenix stands and tells the DLJ, take us to court, which is exactly what they should do. Why would you sign over your police department all the way down to who gets training and where you get to go and, and what you have? To, I mean, to policies. Why would you sign this over to the federal government when you've got a police chief in place and an assistant chief, all this command staff in place? Why would you give that to the federal government without making them prove the case? Just say, Take us to federal court and prove the case. The DOJ has to put their experts on a stand. The city of Phoenix puts their experts on a stand. Now, I'm going to tell you, the DOJ does not want to do that. They don't want to even reveal who their experts are because you'll be able to poke more holes in them than, than I'm telling you. I'm telling you. That's why they fought Louisville. They didn't want to give any of that up. But why does someone not want to be transparent? Well, they're hiding something. So what are they hiding? They're probably hiding a lot of things, and they thought they were hiding how they did consent decrees, but i got to give a lot of folks in Phoenix credit. They have told the world what these things are about, but pay attention to it. We need to all hope and pray that Phoenix leadership toes the line. Now, where's their police chief in this? I already told you he's from Baltimore. He's a consent decree guy. He's been silent, which is strange, right? I've read the last several articles I've read. He hasn't said a word. Um I mean, I, I fully believe, I fully believe he was brought into that city to usher in a consent decree, which, by the way, how twisted is that? Like, you're supposed to, your mission's supposed to be law and order. You know what consent decrees do to cities because you've got to have a brain, right? You've got to be able to see, and, and but you, that you, your job was to bring them in. I say that because some of the articles talk about some of the statements from, from months ago and some of the statements the politicians said, but, but I tell you, I tell you with this. If I was a chief of Phoenix, now I would never be the chief in Phoenix because I think these, these truths, you know, are not popular. I mean, you ought to publicly be talking about the dangers of this to your community. Why would you not? You know the dangers of it. Why are you not speaking about this? And so I've lost, I, I don't have a lot of credibility for this guy. Uh, because when you're silent on an issue this important, what is that saying about you? Pretty weak stuff, right? Pretty cowardly stuff. But he's pretty silent. I've, uh, other than, I mean, I say he is. I haven't seen any quotes from him in recent weeks in the articles I've seen in the local media out there. I've been paying attention to this because I am pulling for Phoenix. Uh, because what what will happen? This is why I think a DLJ is going to do some crazy stuff because they can't lose this. Because it will then signal to the rest of the law enforcement around the country that's facing consent decrees. Hey, we don't have to just bend over here. You know, we can actually call them out. Tell them to show us what they got and then have them prove it in court, which is, by the way, the bare minimum you should do. Nobody should ever sign off on this without knowing what they're signing. That's, I mean, it's crazy. What does that say about New Orleans and Minneapolis and all these cities that's done this? I mean, that's insane. What a derelict a duty to your community when you do something like that, just from the budget sense, right? Not even talking about crime and disorder. So, it's going to be really interesting to watch because I think the DLJ 
I don't think the games are over yet. I think they're going to do everything they can to not go to federal court, which should tell you exactly what they have, which is nothing. But if they have to go to court, I think it's going to be one heck of a fight. So um, uh, there are politicians right now in Phoenix that probably would sign it. and I, That to me is insane, but I think there probably are. Uh, but uh, I believe there's a majority of us publicly said that they won't. So this is something really to watch. It's very interesting for me, and maybe it's not for you, but it really should be. I mean, this has been a horrible thing that's been occurring in law enforcement over 30 years, and I don't understand why. I guess it's because nobody's talking about it. All these cities that's trying to get out of it act like they're really confused on why their city's a lot worse. Well, you shouldn't be because we have 30 years of information here that you can look at and see this is a terrible, terrible idea for your city, for your community, for your police department, for everything. The only people benefiting are the people that are getting the paychecks, and there are millions of dollars being sent to law firms over this thing. So I don't know why anybody would want lawyers to run a police department. I mean, they can't hardly run their own office, right? Uh, But uh, that's what's really been going on. And don't say it couldn't happen to you. They just launched an investigation in Mississippi. I believe it's on an eight-person police department. So that department will not, will not be around anymore because I can, I can only imagine that it's a department that size will not have the resources to even deal with it, right? Uh, so that would be another s- smaller agency that goes under and a sheriff's department will end up taking it over. So am I saying that policing doesn't need to get better, that reform shouldn't happen? Of course not. That's why I do what I do. But I'm saying the last thing you want, the last place you want to be is a DOJ trying to do that because there's 30 years of failure in that. And so Phoenix is a big deal because a major city that, that makes them prove the case, they won't be able to prove the case. I mean, I guess you never can predict what happened in court, but trust me, when DOJ opens up their books and shows what they have, it will look uh, like most of them have looked. So what will the DOJ do? Let me give you the quick uh, play-by-play what will happen in the coming weeks or even months. This is, this is what they'll do. If Phoenix toes the line and refuses to sign something they haven't seen, which to me is only common sense, but we're talking about politicians here, so you never know. The DLJ will call a press conference, and they will present this summary report to the world, and they will say the most horrific things about the Phoenix Police Department. And they'll say things, and that will place incredible pressure on the politicians to just sign off on this thing. But they shouldn't, because you're still not seeing the evidence. A summary report is not the evidence. That's just a quick summary of things they found. And, you know, and we've, I've, I've looked in a lot of these summary reports and a lot of them are just false, just literally just not even accurate, right? They banged Louisville on using LVNR. Okay, that's been a, I know, I know everybody's going crazy over anything attached to someone's head, you know, LVNR, but LVNR, there hadn't been a death or serious injury in 50 years. Ever. You can, you can look at the folks that trained up in Kansas City, and they banged them on that being in their policy. Well, that's in a lot of people's policies, or it used to be before George Floyd. Of course, listen to our podcast on that. That was a scam as well. So there's a lot of this stuff going on. And so Phoenix should not bend. They should actually respond to that report immediately. In fact, if I was in Phoenix, I could probably tell them if I had access to the data, the things that they're going to look at, because, you know, a lot of these consent decree reports, when you look at them, are copy and paste from other reports, right? They're going to talk about 
Phoenix police, they're going to, they're going to launch it with a paragraph talking about disproportional policing. And there are more African-Americans arrested in Phoenix than their population. That's a scam because you don't compare the U S census to police activity. You compare crime to police activity. Of course, that won't be mentioned in the report. They'll make it sound like there's a bunch of racist cops in Phoenix. It starts with that. Then they'll launch into a few policy things they don't like, like the DLJ has any idea about policy. And then they'll launch into a few incidents they found, you know, specific incidents. And they may or may not be in context or not. But every report is pretty much the same. So I would almost be ready to have a rebuttal immediately to that report. And you shouldn't be scared to because this is the same organization, the DLJ, that wouldn't even show you the report. So, and the, but the other thing, by the way, that's kind of funny is the DLJ says, well, yeah, if you sign this document to accept a consent decree, we'll show you the report. They literally show them the report. If you look at history, one to two days before the press conference. So it makes, they make sure they can't give the department very much time to even have a response here. So that's the next step for Phoenix leadership. Leaders need to lead. You need to make anyone that asks for hundreds of millions of dollars from you to make your city worse. You need to make them prove the case, take us to federal court. And as soon as DLJ does their press conference for the world to see and calls your officers, the most racist officers there are and how horrible they are, you need to, within 24 hours, have a rebuttal line by line and have an equal press conference and announce to the world why that report is not accurate because it will not be accurate if you read their other reports and you should be able to read the reports right now, know what to hit on, know to be ready and be ready to go. I don't think internally Phoenix is ready for that because I've already told you they've got a silent chief. You know, we're in the time of season now. This is being filmed in December. Silent night. Yeah, we have a silent chief in Phoenix. He's not saying a word. So I doubt behind the scenes he's doing anything. Uh, I won't be able to stop about this. So I'm going to I'm going to put in the article I'm going to put in the com in the narrative of this podcast an article on what that Phoenix chief should be doing right now. He's not doing it, which also tells me what I need to know. But there's a lot of things he can be doing right now uh, that can assist with this. And unfortunately, he's not doing that from what I'm being uh, from what I can see. But I'm going to put a couple of articles that are very important for you to read. Please don't ignore this because you don't want to hear about it. You need to pay attention to this because. This affects all of us one way or another. Very important today. It may not have been the sexiest thing you heard, but it needs to be talked about. I need more people to talk about this. FOP, where are you at? ICP, where are you at? Perf, well, I know where you're at. You know what I mean. We need our organizations that say they support us to speak up about one of the most destructive things that's happening to our profession. Don't believe me. Look at the crime data. Look at the attrition and the recruiting issues in the cities that have them. This is troubling, and this is what leadership should be about. I know we all listen to our leadership gurus, and we listen to all the feel-good stuff, and I wish I could do that, but the profession is not in a state where I feel comfortable doing that all the time. We need to talk about hard truths here. That's why we talked about the Floyd incident, and we talked to Liz Collin, and we talked about consent decrees. We talked to Bob Scales. If we don't talk about these destructive things, folks, how are we ever going to fix it? How are we going to ensure we don't repeat the same mistakes over and over and over? If you truly want a better law enforcement profession, we have to be willing to speak about this. Thanks for listening to me today. Be safe, be careful, and just remember, lead on and stay courageous. Thank you for listening to Courageous Leadership with Travis Yates. 
We invite you to join other courageous leaders at travisyates.org.